drums. We've all heard them, whether it's the basic four-to-the-floor pattern found in electronic and dance music, or the complex polyrhythms of jazz and prog, they're a constant part of our lives. Drums are used for communication, in religious ritual, in the military, even inside our own ears. Yet the percussive aspect of drumming is still the most fascinating, and it has been since they were first used in China over 7,000 years ago. But what does the humble membranophone have to do with Arkham Horror, you ask? Well, I'd like to invite you to go into your deck and take a second look at Safina Rousseau. Consider the motion apparent in the image. Look at the angle at which she sits, with the knee cocked almost as if it's operating a kick pedal. The way in which the paintbrush and palette look almost like a drumstick and a cymbal. You're getting it now. She's drumming. Oh, but Safina Rousseau's a painter, I can hear you say. Her entire identity as a character is founded on that. If she was a drummer, surely at least one of her cards would make a reference to drums in some way. But she's not painting. She's drumming. I'm here to convince you of this. In this multi-part premium podcast experience, I'll be travelling the world, talking to some of the most famous drummers out there, and spending vast amounts of the podcast money on tracking down what I know to be true. It's time we uncovered Safina Rousseau's true identity. I'm John, and this is Drums to the Flame. don't know how many of you were expecting an episode on Easter Sunday, but happy Easter. And I also don't know how many of you are expecting drums to the flame rather than drawn to the flame, but that was just a, a little April Fool's treat for you guys, so I hope you like it. This is going to be another one of my live plays. This is Drawn to the Flame, not Drums to the Flame, and I'm your host, Frank. But just before I begin, I just wanted to do a quick shout out because we had our first Drawn to the Flame event in London. We played Labyrinth of Lunacy, Labyrinths of Lunacy, 12 player. And so I just wanted to have a shout out to Ben, Joe, Nick and Rebecca, Sean, Andy, Greg and Daniel, and Florian, Rob, Richard and Simon, who were our very first Drawn to the Flame event attendees. And thank you so much for being there. You guys were fantastic. It was so fun setting it up and watching you guys play. It was so fun seeing you scratching your head as you tried to solve the labyrinth's riddles. And yeah, it was just, I really loved it. I got such a buzz out of it. I really want to do more events for the community. And it was really enjoyable for me. So yeah, thank you so much, guys. Andy's written a really nice write-up on Board Game Geek. So if you want to go onto the forum on Board Game Geek, you can check out what he said, what he enjoyed. I also put some photographs up on Facebook. They're not too spoilery because it's quite hard to see the locations. So if you want to look at the venue and things like that, you can take a look at that. So yeah, just thank you so much. And a little bonus shout out as well. A friend of mine, Sean, provided alt art jennies that he designed for all of the attendees, which was just incredible little bit of bonus swag that even I wasn't expecting and it would be remiss of me not to mention Issian as well because Issian provided two copies of Labyrinths of Lunacy and made it happen even though he was away so thank you so much Issian I don't know if you'll listen to this episode anytime soon but the whole of the Drawn to the Flame community are grateful for that super generous lending of cards thank you so 
It's been a little while, I think, since last we joined Sephina on her adventures, but we're back and we're going into scenario five, which is numbered as scenario four, confusingly, because it was that 1A and 1B, Blood on the Altar. Agenda 1A, Strange Disappearances. Your welcome in Dunwich has been cold. A string of disappearances has left the already aloof townsfolk on edge. Most of them look at you with distrust, and few are willing to help in your investigation. Who knows what will happen if you don't find the location of the missing townsfolk soon. Six Doom, and Act 1A is searching for answers. The disappearances in town may be related to the events in Arkham. You suspect that something awful is afoot. You must find where the missing townsfolk are being held in order to unveil this conspiracy. And there's an objective here rather than a clue threshold. When an investigator enters the hidden chamber, advance. I'm playing on standard difficulty. So the skulls in the bag are minus one for each location in play with no uncounter card underneath it, max minus four. And there are six locations in play and at the moment only one has no encounter card, so they're minus ones. And the cultist is a minus two. If you fail, add one clue from the token pool to your location. Which seems odd, right? Clues are good. Gotta say, I do feel a little bit apprehensive going into this. Maybe it's the the break from playing Seth. But, yeah, it's making me feel a little bit nervous. So we're going to begin playing the village commons. You have to randomly put locations into play. And we don't have the schoolhouse. To the east is Osborne's General Store, and to the southeast, Bishop's Brook, and they're the two places that I can move to from Village Commons. And then Bishop's Brook connects to the Burned Ruins, which connects up to the Congregational Church, and I can come back from the Congregational Church to Village Commons, but I can't move to Congregational Church from Village Commons. And then finally there's the House in the Reeds, way off in the northwest of the town. It's connected to Congregational Church and to nothing else. So I think that's kind of the order I want to go into the general store and round and see how we go. If we can find things we need before then, then great. And all of those locations have a face-down encounter card. I have Streetwise. I have Adaptable. I've made a change. There's the first deck list. It should be in the description to this episode so you can see where I'm at. I only got two XP from Essex, so I've saved it. I'm thinking if I do well in this scenario, I might want to buy Charisma. If I do poorly, maybe I just want to buy two copies of Moxie. Um, it's hard to know, really. It's also weird that uh, Black Stars Rise has come out, so Suggestion is an option. And now Dim Carcosa has come out. Now imagine if we played all of this with Charon's Obol. We'd be swimming in XP at this point. Okay, I can't prolong this any longer. Enough chit-chat. Uh, the fear is rising. Here are my 13. That's 10. And 3. Okay, let's see. A sneak attack. A quantum flux. A drawn to the flame. All useful. A lockpicks. Dr. Henry Armitage. Watch this. Guts. A backstab. A second drawn to the flame. Leo, shriveling, think on your feet, perception. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six events, including two copies of Drawn to the Flame, and that leaves seven assets. So, do I keep a Drawn to the Flame? No painted world, so none of these things are paintable early on. And no economy apart from the watch this. 
So if I play Leo, I then sit in a hole of no money, which is kind of terrifying. I mean, playing Leo and drawing hard for economy is no bad thing. Or I could play lockpicks and push on without Leo down. But that also seems kind of crazy. I'm kind of tempted to leave both Drawn to the Flames under and keep something like Think on my feet in hand because I'm nervous of a night gaunt early on. Although with shriveling, no, I'll keep a Drawn to the Flame in hand and hold on to it. So that leaves Think on your feet, backstab, sneak attack, quantum flux, Drawn to the Flame, which are the events going underneath. And the question then is just how I approach this first part of the game. And if I go Leo, do I then just take a bunch of resources back in the hope to then play Shriveling? Hmm. Village Commons. It is hard to prevent the impression of a faint, malign odour about the village street as of the massed mould and decay of centuries. Three Shroud. No clues. Action. Resign. This is suicide. We're better off hiding out the night. The sparsely scattered houses wear a surprisingly uniform aspect of age, squalor, and dilapidation. Well, one option here, slightly more radical one, is play Shriveling, play Armitage, and then I can sell things I get to get money back. That would leave me with one action left, which could be to draw or just to take a resource, with a view to getting rid of Armitage later on. The other option is play Leo and take three resources which feels incredibly slow. Play Leo, draw, two actions left. I'm going to go with that. Play Leo, second action, draw. It's elusive. I'm going to have to discard a card at the end of this turn. I'm being an imbecile and take two resources. Do I get rid of the Armitage because I've got Leo down and not I don't have Charisma? I think so. Discard Armitage. There are no enemies, so enemy phase skipped. Upkeep. I draw a recharge, take a resource, I'm up to three, and I discard Armitage. Mythos, turn one, well, turn two, and I draw on Wings of Darkness. Test agility four. If you fail, take one damage and one horror, then disengage from each non-Nightgaunt enemy engaged with you and move to a central location where I am. A Nightgaunt swoops down from the sky and grabs you with its clawed hands, carrying you off into the night. Well, I'm a 4v4. I can put the damage and horror on Leo. Zero. Pass. No damage or horror. I think I play lockpicks and I start pushing on. I want to get shriveling down as well, but I think lockpicks and getting clues is the way forwards. Pay three for lockpicks. Second action, I'm moving to the general store. From the air of hushed fright at Osborne's store, they knew something hideous had happened. It's two shroud, one clue. You cannot gain resources while you're in Osborne's general store. And it has a free trigger. If there are no clues here, draw the encounter card underneath Osborne's general store. Group limit once per game. So I've got to get the clue to clear it. I've got two actions left. So I'll investigate using lockpicks, which makes me a 6v2. Minus one. So 5v2, so I've succeeded by two, so I don't lose a lockpicks charge. And I've got one action left. Do I return to the commons? I don't like the feeling of flipping this card with with only one action to deal with it, and being then potentially stuck with the general store. Unless it's a good card. If only I had a time warp, I would have some option. 
If it's an enemy, I evade, and then next turn I'm evading again, and I'm in a resource hole. So last action, I will move to Bishop's Brook. One dreads to trust the tenebrous tunnel of the bridge, yet there is no way to avoid it. Three shroud, two clues. Each enemy at Bishop's Brook deals plus one horror while it is attacking, and there's the same free trigger about clues. Upkeep, I draw a painted world, and I get a solitary resource. Mythos, we go to two doom, and I draw a whippoorwill, which is aloof, so it floats in front of me. Two fight, four evade, one health, aloof and a hunter, and it's sapping all of my statistics. Now, I could play Painted World to think on my feet and get away from this Whippoorwill, but I think I want to save that for a Night Gaunt or another enemy. The question is, do I stay here, play Drawn to the Flame in my hand to grab these two clues, and then I'd have three actions left. I could flip this one, move back to the General Store, flip that one, and move to Village Commons, and the Whippoorwill will then come and join me. I think I might do that. I'm lower at stats, but I don't mind that too much? Or do I just take resources and play shriveling? And that sets me up to kill the Whippoorwill next. And I could even, if I have enough resources, play watch this when I try and attack the Whippoorwill to make more money out of it. Hmm. Resources is definitely the issue at the moment. So I'd go resource, resource, play shriveling, resource. Whippoorwill wouldn't do anything to me. It's not the fastest of play, but the Whippoorwill will need to die. I'm going to do that. Take two resources. Third action, play Shriveling. Comes in with four charges. And last action, take a resource again. Enemy phase, it stays where it is, floating on top of me at Bishop's Brook. Upkeep, I draw the Holy Rosary. And I get another resource. Mythos, we go to three Doom. And I draw... A hunting night gaunt. Hmm. Well, well, well. I'm going to be fighting the night, night gaunt at three on three here because of the whippoorwill. If I think on my feet away, still not particularly good. I could evade it, move, play rosary take a resource, the Whippoorwill comes to me, it readies, I then come back and shrivel it, five on three. Don't mind that as an option. Let's see if I can evade it. Okay, you can hear that I'm sort of, it's, it's taking a while to get into the flow of what I'm doing. Fighting this three on three seems crazy. I'm evading it three on one, with negatives counting as double. So I'd have to go to five on one to be two up and doing air quotes, which is not great. Definitely not spending my last two resources to boost. Ah, the resource hole. Three on one. <laughs> Zero. Brilliant. Okay, evaded night gaunt. Certainly play this rosary. Certainly move back to Village Commons, and finally take a resource. Enemy phase. The Whippoorwill follows. Upkeep. The Night Gaunt readies. I draw a second Holy Rosary. I go up to two resources, and we go to four Doom of six. 
and I draw a second whippoorwill. Okay, it's getting dangerous there. Step in, try to shrivel the night gaunt is the plan. And then I'll have to deal with the whippoorwills after that. Oh, they always build up like this. Ah, I'm on... Oh no, I'm on eight cards, I'm fine. Yeah, the night gaunt has to die, so let's do that next. First action, move in. I'm alone with the night gaunt, 5v3. Second action, shrivel. I'll commit this guts to be 7v3. And I think this watch this, and I'll put my two resources into it to be 8v3. Cultist, minus two, 6v3. So I get four resources, two for each resource I put in. I do two damage, and I take a horror because that was a cultist, which I put on the Holy Rosary. Third action, I'll try and... Ooh, and I draw a card from the guts. It's an elusive. Third action, I'll try and shrivel. Things get a bit harder now. I think I will cut, commit this second Holy Rosary in my hand. 6v3. Cultist again. Another horror, which goes on Leo. And the Night Gaunt is dead. Fourth action. Do I draw into the flame here and get these two clues? I could just push on to the Burned Ruins. I could move to the General Store. If I move up to the General Store, I'm in the same situation. of I've got no actions left, I flip it and I'm sort of stuck. If I move on to the Burned Ruins, I have no, can't remember what happens there. I'm away from the Whippoorwills at least, but I potentially, well, I potentially can elusive all the way back to the general store if needs be. I've got two elusives in hand. Keeping a bit of distance from the Whippoorwills and then landing a Storm of Spirits might be really nice if I can find the Storm of Spirits. I think I push on, because if I stay here, they both move to me in the enemy phase. So then I'm down to a willpower of three essentially and I'm trying to kill whippoorwills with my pressure shriveling charges so I keep moving let them chase me a bit and see if we can deal with them so last action move to burned ruins so move in shrivel shrivel move to burned ruins three shroud three clues each enemy in the burned ruins gets plus one evade and if there are no clues here we can flip enemy phase the whippoorwills fly down to bishop's brook Upkeep, I draw a manual dexterity and I go up to five resources. We go to five doom and I draw Unhallowed Country. Put Unhallowed Country into play in your threat area. You cannot play ally assets. Treat the printed text box of each ally asset you control as if it were blank. So Leo is blank at the moment. And at the end of my turn, I test willpower three. If I succeed, I discard it. Okay, my thinking here is... Drawn to the flame, lock picks, flip the card and move on. And that way, I'm still ahead of the Whippoorwills and I've cleared one card at least. Do I Painted World drawn to the flame or play the one in hand? I probably Painted World. So I play Painted World as an exact copy of Drawn to the Flame underneath me. I draw the top card of the encounter deck. It's Ancient Evils. I don't have Cancellation, so we hit six Doom. And I get two of these clues. First blood. Whippoorwills gather along the gambrel roofs of Dunwich and begin to shriek in jubilation. 
the people of Dunwich believe that the presence of whippoorwills foreshadows somebody's imminent death. Do they long for your death, or is the victim someone else? If there are three or more potential sacrifices, there are four, choose one of them at random and place it underneath the agenda deck without looking at it. Done. The Old One's Hunger As the sun sets, the frightened townsfolk retreat into their homes and lock their doors. It's clear to you that many of them know more than they're letting on. A sickening feeling turns over in your stomach as the village's true nature becomes clear. Okay, that was always a risk, withdrawn to the flame. The Painted World is removed. Second action, lock picks. I'm a 6v3 here. I'm going to commit this perception and go up to 8v3. Minus 3 is 5v3. I don't lose a lockpicks charge. I get a second watch this and the last clue. I have a single action left. I can elusive. So I'm going to flip the card under Burned Ruins. And it is... Kidnapped! Revelation! Test Willpower 4 or Agility 4. If you fail, add an ally asset you control to the pool of potential sacrifices. And then attach Kidnap to the current agenda. If you have no ally assets, take 2 damage instead. And when the attached agenda advances, choose a potential sacrifice at random and place it underneath the agenda deck. So my Willpower is 5v4. My Agility is 4v4. But I have this Manual Dexterity in hand. I could commit the Manual Dexterity and the Watch This to be 7v4. And I could put 3 resources in on the Watch This which I think is what I'm going to do. 7v4. Now, do I streetwise it as well? No. It's a gamble, but no. Minus 2. 5v4. I've succeeded by 1, and I get... Six resources, taking me to the heady heights of eight, and I draw a card from Manual Dexterity, and it's haunted! <laughs> Damn it! Kidnap goes. I get minus one to each of my skills. I have a single solitary action left, which will be to move up to the Congregational Church. I myself did not more than a fortnight ago catch a very plain discourse of evil powers in the hill behind my house, wherein there were a rattling and rolling, groaning, screeching and hissing, such as no things of this earth could raise up. The Congregational Church has two shroud and a single clue. As an action, I can choose and discard a card from my hand to gain two resources, and there is the same free trigger here. Okay, at the end of my turn, I need to test Willpower 3. I'm a 5v3, but I've got minus 1 from Holy Rosary. Uh, from Haunted, rather, from Holy Rosary. Do I commit this recharge? I've only got two charges left on my Shriveling, and I kind of would like to recharge them. I could commit the Drawn to the Flame in my hand to be a 5v3, but I think I'm just going to go 4v3 because I'm a coward. Minus two. Okay, Unhallowed Country stays. 
The whippoorwills hunt me. They both come into the burning ruins. Upkeep. I draw a guts. And I take a resource. I'm up to nine. Mythos. We're at one doom of six in the second agenda. And I draw a second ancient evils. No cancellation. So we're up to two doom. Hmm. Now this is an interesting one. Lockpicks, I would be a 4v2 because I'm only an intellect of 1 and I'm only an agility of 3. I could clear Haunted for two actions, which I think I'll do, try and get the clue, and then throw my guts into the Unhallowed Country to clear that as well. Then the Whippoorwills are on my back, but I do have two elusives and nine resources, so I have a way of fleeing them. So Haunted definitely goes for two actions. There's just no need to be Haunted. Which then sets up a, a 6v2 investigating. Minus two is 4v2. I don't lose a lockpick's charge. I get the clue. No actions left. Do I flip this card now? If it's an enemy, I elusive away. If it's a test, I take the test. Yeah, so I'm going to flip it. Time is not on my side. I'm flipping. It's a servant of many mouths. Spawn any empty location. So the empty ones are the commons, the general store, Bishop's Brook, and the house in the reeds. The servant of many mouths is three fight, two health, and one evade. Has retaliate. And hits for two damage. Pretty nasty. After you defeat Servant of Many Mouths, discover one clue at any location. So I could put it in the House of the Reeds, go up there, shrivel it, and potentially get a clue off Bishop's Brook if I wanted to. Or I need to go back to the general store and I need to go back to Bishop's Brook. Do I want to go up to the Reeds now? I think I do because this I don't want to waste time coming back to the general store first and then back round. I've wasted so much time already. So I put it up in the House in the Reeds. And that's the end of my turn, only three actions because of this unhallowed country. So now I need to test Willpower 3 again. I'm a 5v3 now because I'm no longer haunted. Minus one. Farewell, unhallowed country. The Whippoorwills fly up to the congregational church, they're mobbing me, and in upkeep I draw a painted world. Fantastic. And I go up to ten resources. Well, this now sets up, if I want to move into House in the Reeds, evade sneak attack, that is an option, which is nice. Mythos, three doom, and I draw ancient evils. That's all three, no cancellation inside, and it's back to me. I think going up to House in the Reeds is good because I can elusive over to the general store. So first action, move in. Even the locals stay away from this half-sunken hovel. One shroud, one clue. Forced, after House in the Reeds is revealed, search the encounter deck for a night-gaunt enemy and spawn it at the village commons. Shuffle the encounter deck. And it's the same clue thing. Well, I probably want to save these two charges for that Night Gaunt. 
I don't want to elusive yet to the general store with a night court nearby. Not going back to the congregational church with whippoorwills there. I've got three actions left. So I could evade servant, sneak attack servant. Oh, hang on. Evade servant, draw sneak attack, play sneak attack. That keeps the painted world online for another drawn to the flame. I could kill, when I kill the servant, I could get this clue here and also flip this card. That's what I'm going to try and do. Evading, I'm a 4v1, so I'm 3 up. I really want to land this though, so I'm going to pay 2 and be 7v1. Of course, it's the tentacle. Okay, change of plan. I try and shrivel. And I have to save the sneak attack for someone else. Uh, hang on. Or I paint sneak attack. No, shrivel. And I have one action left after that. Shriveling. I'm a 4. I'm a 5v3. I'll commit this guts in hand to be 7v3. Minus 1. I get a card from guts. It's a lockpicks. The servant is dead, and I think I use it to get this single solitary one shroud clue because I've got one action left so I can flip this card and then decide what to do. So I'm flipping. It's kidnapped again. Okay, um, horrible. Well, I'm going to use agility and I'm going to go up to 7v4. I'm not going to commit any cards. I could go even higher, to be honest, but I don't think I will. 7v4. Minus 1. Phew. That's... No, 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 no. I've still got an action left. Six cards in hand. Okay, well, we flipped three. If we just flipped the general store and Bishop's Brook, we'd know where we were at. We wouldn't even have to come up here. The Night Gaunt is going to hunt to Bishop's Brook. Next turn, I could elusive to the general store, flip that card... No action spent. Move into Bishop's Brook. Potentially shrivel, shrivel the Night Gaunt, drawn to the flame, and have an action spare, and the Whippoorwills will be way up in the reeds. So there's a lot there's a lot of options here. I could also think about playing this second lockpicks. And then I could be getting two clues a turn at six, testing at six, which is sort of nice. Do I want to draw anything yet from underneath me? Probably not. The plan is still to try and get clues in the hidden chamber. Do I gamble and try and recharge my shriveling now with one charge left on it? I quite like the thought of that, rather than waiting to spend one. I'm going to go. Choose a spell or relic asset controlled by an investigator at your location and reveal a random chaos token from the chaos bag. Cultist. Discard the asset. Okay, that was terrible. Enemy phase. The Whippoorwills hunt to the house in the reeds, and the Nightgaunt hunts the Bishop's Brook. Upkeep. I draw, hopefully, a shriveling. A Leo. And I go up to seven resources. Mythos. We go up to five doom. And I draw a rotting remains. Now, there are two Whippoorwills here, so I'm a 3v3 on this test. And that's all I can do about it. 3v3. Zero! 
Ah, where were you when I was recharging my shriveling? Okay. Hmm. The night gaunt is quite the problem. Elusive to the general store. Flip it, find out what it is. And then Bishop's Brook is where it's at. Move in, evade, two actions left, draw sneak attack, play sneak attack. That That's taken it down to, to two health. And then I'm just sort of waiting for a shriveling and just have to keep evading it. And either I'm going to be floating around the general store where I'm not getting resources, or I'm going to be floating around Bishop's Brook where I'm getting more horror from enemies. I can fairly reliably evade the Night Gaunt. Elusive to the general store, flip, no actions, move, evade, lock picks, sneak attack, move, evade, draw sneak attack, play sneak attack. Oh, if I paint sneak attack once, I can then draw it and play it next turn. Hmm, not quite enough actions. Elusive to the general store, flip card, no actions yet. Move, evade, paint sneak attack. I just need five actions this turn. Ah, <laughs> Okay, well there's no reason not, now that the whippoorwills are up in the house of the reeds, I'm paying two and I'm elusiving to general store and flipping that. It is the hidden chamber. Revelation put the hidden chamber into play. The hidden chamber and the location from which it was drawn are connected to one another. So Osborne has been hiding the chamber. The door to the hidden chamber is locked. You cannot enter the hidden chamber unless key to the chamber is attached to the hidden chamber. All right. It's three shroud, no clues, and victory two, which is quite nice. No action spent yet. How about this? Move, evade, paint sneak, draw sneak. And then next turn, invade, sneak, get clues, do something else. Yes, fine, good. Move, the night gaunt engages me. Evade, I'm 4v1. One icon would make me two up. So I will discard this elusive. Oh, that seems very painful. Yeah. 5v1. Wait, I won't discard this elusive. I'll spend two. 7v1. Minus four, which is minus eight. It's a fail. I'll evade 4v1. Minus one, which is a minus two. Evaded. Hmm. I've got one action left. If I paint Drawn to the Flame now, I get these two clues. I can flip this card. And I could also potentially elusive to General Store or something like that. And then there are going to be eight clues on the chamber. And I have two Drawn to the Flames, which is four. And then a very slow burn with lockpicks. But I haven't dealt with this Night Gaunt. And I think dealing with the Night Gaunt is more important because otherwise the Night Gaunt is going to be breathing down my neck. So, last action, I paint Sneak Attack for two to put two damage on the Night Gaunt. Enemy phase, the two Whippoorwills hunt to the Congregational Church. They're two locations away. The Night Gaunt readies. I draw a Perception and I go up to two resources. The precious money gone, and we hit six doom. Oh, if only I dealt with the whippoorwills early, eh? A 
abandoned streets. More whippoorwills flock to Dunwich village as the night progresses. The other townsfolk, notoriously superstitious, are terrified by the bird's presence. With the doors around you shut and locked, you find yourself alone in the streets of Dunwich. If there are two or more potential sacrifices, there are three. Choose one of them at random and place it underneath the agenda deck without looking at it. So that's two sacrifices. Feed the beast. The rhythmic screeching of the whippoorwills fills the night. If superstitions of Dunwich are correct, their song portends impending death. But for whom? Seven doom, and I draw a servant of many mouths, who I will put probably in the burned ruins, because I might want to go back to village commons. I definitely want to go back to the general store, so I'll put him there. Okay, the plan is evade Night Gaunt, draw sneak attack, sneak attack Night Gaunt, and drawn to the flame here at Bishop's Brook. Or if I'm going to be here anyway, I could lock picks here at Bishop's Brook this turn, and next turn lock picks again and move in. Move, move, something, something. Okay, but first I have to evade. I want to hold on to this elusive. 4v1. Skull. Minus one for each location in play with no encounter card. One, two, three, four, five, six, minus twelve. Fail. Try and evade again. Minus one, evaded. Okay, got two actions left. Is now the time for a change in plan. Draw this card. Uh, sorry, play Drawn to the Flame, get these two clues, flip this, and move away. Doesn't earn me a lot of time to deal with the Night Gaunt, because the other option is draw Sneak Attack, play Sneak Attack, and then I'm waiting here again. Oh, yoy, yoy, that's what I'm going to do. Third action, draw Sneak Attack. Fourth action, go Broke, dead Night Gaunt. Enemy phase, the Whippoorwills hunt to the burned ruins, and in upkeep I draw a Lone Wolf, and I get a single resource. Mythos, one of seven. And a draw, strange signs. Revelation, test intellect three. Uh-oh. If you fail, add one clue from the token pool to your location. Two clues instead if there are three or four investigators in the game. Well, I have one resource, so I can't streetwise. So I'm a 2v3. I do have this perception and Leo that I could go up to 5v3. I could even chuck a lockpicks and go 6v3. I'm going to go 5v3. Mm, yes. Minus one. Great. Perception draws me the second Lone Wolf, who shuffled this deck. In the long run, Lone Wolf down two resources a turn is good. So I play Lone Wolf. Play Drawn to the Flame. Oh, I've got I've sort of got Tunnel Vision going on. Yes. Pay Lone Wolf. Play Drawn to the Flame. A draw. Rotting Remains. And a 5v3. Cultist. Minus two. I haven't failed. I get these two clues. I'm up to eight clues. Free trigger. It is the key. Revelation. Take control of it. If the hidden chamber is connected to your location, attach 
key to the chamber to the hidden chamber. I've got two actions left. Well, I could move to General Store and move into the hidden chamber, but that might be a dreadful idea. What I'm tempted to do is perhaps draw this Drawn to the Flame from underneath and just move to Village Commons. So I'm going to do that. Draw Drawn to the Flame, move to Village Commons. Enemy phase, the Whippoorwills hunt the Bishop's Brook. Upkeep, I draw a Ward of Protection. I get a resource, and at the start of the investigation phase, I'll go up to two. We go to two Doom of Seven, and I draw a Servant of Many Mouths, who I will put in the Congregational Church behind me. I think it's the time for action, right? First action, move to the General Store. Free trigger, connect the key to the Hidden Chamber. Second action, move into the Hidden Chamber, and when an investigator enters the Hidden Chamber, advance what was hidden. You find your way into the hidden chamber where you believe the missing folk are being held, but the horrors that confront you there fray the edges of your sanity. Bound by chains in a secluded corner of the room is an unspeakable creature with the face of a man. It wheezes and wrestles to free itself as it notices your entrance. The many mouths covering the creature's body are covered in blood and gristles of meat as though it were feeding recently. With a hideous croak, the creature speaks with seven mouths. Seth? Then it lurches forward, as though to grab you, and several of its chains snap. Reveal each unrevealed location. Well, Sephina the Explorer has gone everywhere apart from here. Move all clues in play, including those on each investigator, which is a total of eight, to the hidden chamber. Spawn the set-aside Silas Bishop enemy in the Hidden Chamber. Let's take a look at Silas. Massive, so engaged with everyone around him. Infused with evil. Three fight, six health, and seven evade. And Silas Bishop cannot make attacks of opportunity. What walked on the mountains that May night? What rudeness horror fastened itself on the world? in half-human flesh and blood. Two victory points to kill Silas, and Silas hits for two damage and two horror. The Chamber of the Beast. The pitiful beast lunges to grab you with slimy arms, its many jaws snapping in hunger. Killing it would be merciful, but perhaps there is something else to discover about this creature. If Silas is defeated, we go to resolution one, if there are no clues in the hidden chamber, advance. And there are eight there. So I've got a Drawn to the Flame in hand. That gets me two. And then Lockpicks is getting me one a turn. And I need six. And I've only got five Doom to go. Putting down a second Lockpicks means potentially I'm getting two a turn. And we can just about do it. And I'm on two resources, sadly. Got two actions left, so if I lock picks and drawn to the flame now, we'd be in a good place. Let's start with a drawn to the flame. No attack of opportunity from Silas, and I draw Psychopomp Song. Surge, peril, add it to your threat area. When you would take one or more damage, take two additional damage and discard Psychopomp Song. Okay. I could cancel that with a ward of protection, but I'm going to hold on. And it surges into 
oh my word, a second Psychopomp song. So the next hit I take for one damage is going to be five damage. Blimey. My plan of sitting in the chamber and taking a hit of two from uh, Silas has gone out the window. I'm going to pay one and cancel that because I can't take five damage, even with Leo. So I take a Horror, which I put on myself. I'm down to eight. And it still surges into strange signs. This is what I was worried about. Okay, I can't do anything about this. I'm a 2v3. Minus one, so I add a clue. We're up to nine. And then I get two of them from the Drawn to the Flame. <laughs> well, I feel like I wasted too much time in the west of the village. If I'd stuck around the Commons, Bishop's Brook, and Osborne's General Store, I'd have probably about four turns extra, maybe more, that I could have already been in the chamber. I've got a single action left. If I stay here, I get hit for four damage, which I can take, and two horror, which I can also take. So I could, with my last action, use lockpicks and try and get one of these. The other advantage to staying put this turn is that I don't miss out on a resource by being at the general store. And that means next turn I can use lockpicks, play another lockpicks, use that, and then move out. And I won't get any more resources. I'm tempted by that because if I leave, I'm just wasting time, basically. As long as I keep coming out to the general store in future turns, the whippoorwills will stay there and I'll stay broke. Okay, last action lockpicks. That makes me a 6v3. Minus 2 because it is a cultist. So I lose a lockpicks charge, I get a clue. Enemy phase, the Whippoorwills hunt to the general store, and Silas hits me, taking me up to three horror, and he hits me for two damage, but Psychopomp Song makes that four, so I put one on Leo and three on me, and Psychopomp Song goes. Upkeep, I draw another ward of protection, and I go up to two resources with a third one coming. Three doom. And it's an unhallowed country. Is that worth cancelling? If I cancel it, I can investigate with lockpicks, play another lockpicks, investigate with that lockpicks, and leave. If I don't cancel it, I can investigate with lockpicks, and then the whippoorwills are on me. I pay one. I cancel it. I go up to four horror. First action, play lockpicks. Ooh! But it costs me one which means the second lockpicks isn't down. In which case, just rewinding, <laughs> play lockpicks, investigate with one lockpicks and leave is just as good and try and pass the unhallowed country. Oh, with two whippoorwills on me though, investigate with lockpicks, what a bind. Maybe I need to flux to up my chances of drawing drawn to the flame. This is a really tricky one. I could investigate with lockpicks, draw flux, play flux, and then elusive to the village commons. That way I'm a 5v3 clearing the unhallowed country, and I have more chance of drawing drawn to the flame. I'm going to try it. Investigate with lockpick, 6v3. 
Minus three. I lose a lockpick's charge. I get a clue. Draw flux. Play flux for one. It gets removed from the game. I shuffle. There was that sweet time when I have ten resources. Do you remember? I get to draw a card from the flux. It's a sneak attack. <laughs> Once again, I should have done my elusive before I played the flux. Because then I could have shuffled the elusive back in. Oh well. Well, I suppose it... It ups the chance of drawing Drawn to the Flame, doesn't it? There's one fewer card. And now I have to test Unhallowed Country. I'm a 5v3. Skull minus Gajillion fail. The Whippoorwills hunt to the village commons. Hi, Whippoorwills. And I draw Dr. Henry Armitage. Get a resource. We'll get another one. We go up to four Doom. Things are looking dreadful. And it's the third Whippoorwills. Oh, for a storm of spirits. Eh? Can I kill Silas? <laughs> Probably not. I've got a backstab, but no resources. I've got no damage in hand. The third Whippoorwill doesn't make much of a difference as long as I don't end my turn there. So I have three actions. I could move to the general store move into the chamber and investigate with my lockpicks. And then I get hit again by Silas, and there are still five clues in there. I could move down to Bishop's Brook, draw a card, take a resource, draw a card, play the other lockpicks. The whipples come down, and then if I've cleared the Unhallowed Country, move, move, lockpicks, lockpicks, I get two, two clues. The following turn, investigate, investigate, move back to Osborne's general store. There's one left. Five, six. It would be tight. First action, move down to Bishop's Brook. Second action, draw. It's an elusive. Third action, take a resource. And I'm a 5v3, trying to clear unhallowed country. Cultist, pass. Yes. The Whippoorwill Swarm arrives at Bishop's Brook, and I draw a Shriveling. I go up to four resources, with a fifth one on the way, and we hit five Doom. I draw Eager for Death. Test Willpower 2. Increase this skill test difficulty by one for each damage on you, which is three, so it's Willpower 5. And I take two Horror if I fail. I think I commit Armitage. Ooh! And there are three Whippoorwills on me, so I'm a 2v5. Cancel it with Ward for one. That's one horror, and I lose a resource. Or just take it and take two horror. Take it and take two horror, I'm guessing. Unless I can draw an Elder Sign. Skull. Mega fail. Two horror. Okay, we think carefully now. We're back to four actions, which is nice. Two actions gets me in there. Still have about 16 more actions. So, if I play the other lockpicks, move in, investigate, investigate. If I stay in there, I can kill Leo, and I'd be up to 4 damage. Then the following turn, I investigate, investigate. Chuck every card I've got to try and pass the final investigate. Because I can't go up to 7 doom, I'm on 5 doom. This is tough. Too much time wasted. Is it worth digging for something else? If I play the shriveling, 
move, move, shrivel, takes it down to full health. Following turn, shrivel, shrivel. That seems easier than lockpicks, move, move, elusive, move, clue, clue, go up to six doom, clue, clue, panic, clue. In hand, I've got the sneak attack and the two pips from Dr. Armitage, which still means I'm a 4v3 for the final clue. Insane. So shriveling, elusive, move, shrivel. Move, shrivel, shrivel. Take a hit, shrivel. That's better than just going and resigning, taking a trauma, something like that. I feel very bad to do it, though. I feel like Silas is pitiful. Pay three for a shriveling. Pay two for elusive to move me to the general store. Second action, move into the hidden chamber. Third action, shrivel, 5v3. Elder sign. Well, I'll take hmm, much of a muchness here. I'll take the backstab. I do two damage. Fourth action, shrivel. Zero. Another two damage. Poor Silas is up to four damage. Enemy phase. The whippoorwills fly to the general store, and then I get hit for damage and horror, which goes on Leo, and the other damage and horror goes on me, so I'm on six horror and four damage. Upkeep. I draw a card. It's a watch this, and I get a resource. Get a second resource when the turn begins, and we're up to six of seven doom, and I draw kidnapped. Mm. Kidnapped is going to do two damage to me, which would wipe me out. So I think I pay one and cancel it, taking me up to seven horror. Pay one, cancel. First action, shrivel. I'm a 5v3. I commit Armitage to be a 7v3. Skull. Minus a zillion. Oh no, it's max minus 4. Perfect. So I'm a 3v3. I take horror, taking me up to 8 of 9 horror. But Silas is defeated and I advance... No, I don't advance. I go straight to R1. Oh my goodness. This was an example of not having played a deck for a while and doing everything backwards. So <laughs> um, I'm glad I got a resolution. I'm not sure I wanted to go for resolution one. I'm going to take a quick break, sort myself out, and you can join me for another one momentarily. Scenario 5 or 6, depending on how you count. Undimensioned and unseen. Agenda 1A. Rampaging creatures. Reports of terrifying entities wreaking havoc across the countryside have caused the citizens of Dunwich to panic. Worse, the creatures seem to be invisible to the naked eye. Five Doom. 
and it says forced, at the end of the enemy phase, move each brood of Yogg-Sothoth enemy once towards a random location. There are six locations in play. They're really in three rows. There's the Blasted Heath and the Devil's Hopyard at the top. That's one and two. Along the middle, there's Dunwich Village, the Ten Acre Meadow, and Waitley Ruins, which I'm numbering three, four, and five. And down at the bottom is Cold Spring Glen, which is our six. Act 1A, Saracenic Script. The monsters tearing through Dunwich County are immune to traditional weapons. Only by reciting a particular incantation can the creatures be defeated. First, you must search the ruins of Wilbur Waitley's home in order to find the final sections of the otherworldly script. Objective. Only investigators at Waitley Ruins may spend the requisite number of clues as a group to advance. I need two clues. Skulls are minus one for each brood of Yogg-Sothoth in play, and because two people were sacrificed to Yogg-Sothoth in Blood on the Altar, there are three set-aside broods, and there's one brood at Cold Spring Glen. And cultists are reveal another token. If you fail this test, take one horror. So could be nasty. I've told you about the broods, I've told you about the locations. I have the powder of Ibn Gardsi in play, seeing things unseen. It enters play with three clues on it, because I've uh, three characters survived the Dunwich legacy, and as a free trigger I can move a clue from the powder to an exhausted brood at my location. Since we're mentioning broods, there's one right in front of me. They're massive, they're monsters and abominations. They have six fight, one health, and three evade. Brood of Yogg-Sothoth gets plus one health per investigator, so two health in total, and cannot be damaged or attacked except using the ability on esoteric formula. I believe there's a chance of putting it out of business. I start at Dunwich Village. I've made a couple of changes to my deck. I've taken Charisma for three XP. And I've put two copies of Moxie into my deck as well. Pretty much the only way I'm going to get my willpower high enough. I've got Grounded or Moxie as my choices. Or I could have subbed in the Arcane Studies. But I'm going to go with Moxie. I've put those two in. I've also put in an Uncaged the Soul. And we'll see if we can make that work. Right, 13. I don't know why I still have this habit of dealing the cards face down, even though it's only me playing. Right. A Guts, not too bad. A Think on Your Feet, not too bad. Zebulon Waitley, hello. A Ward of Protection, a Haunted, I set that aside. A Painted World, another Guts. A Moxie, great. A Shriveling, a Lone Wolf, a Hot Streak, a Second Moxie, and an Elusive. So that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. And I have to redraw for the Haunted into a Narrow Escape. Hmm. So events, Narrow Escape, Think on Your Feet, Ward of Protection, Hot Streak and Elusive. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Okay. I don't mind that, particularly with that Painted World in, in hand. And Zeb, there's quite a lot of choices to get into play here. As I shuffle my deck and my haunted, Dunwich Village. It is always a relief to get clear of the place and to follow the narrow road around the base of the hills and across the level country beyond till it rejoins the Aylesbury Pike. 
Afterward, one sometimes learns that one has been through Dunwich. Two shroud, three clues. As an action, I can resign here, and as an action, I can pull or move a brood once towards Dunwich village. Ringing the church bell may draw the monsters towards the village if you're brave enough to face them. Interesting. Now, this is a really interesting starting hand because I want to hold on to those guts for brood slaying, and I want to hold on to those moxies for brood slaying. What I'm tempted to do early on is painted world this hot streak, which sets me up with a lot of resources, get shriveling down, and then I need to decide, do I play Lone Wolf? Do I move? I mean, in a way, if the brood moves, because they move at the end of the enemy phase, they don't hit me this turn. Well, let's work this out. Definitely painted world, the hot streak. So that's going to be plus seven. Going to spend three of that straight away on shriveling, second action. And then I think in the scheme of things, getting Lone Wolf down is also the way to go because that extra resources I can pump into evasions, I can pump into getting clues if I need to. And I just want to get Zeb down soon. Enemy phase, the brood doesn't do anything. And at the end of the phase, the brood moves to two. That is the Devil's Hopyard. And the route from Cold Spring Glen there is to Waitley Ruins. So away it goes. In upkeep, I draw a second copy of Shriveling, and I get a resource. And we place our first Doom. Encounter card is an Avian Thrall. Five fight, four health, and three evade. Preys on the lowest intellect, which is definitely me. Hunts. But while Avian Thrall is being attacked using a ranged firearm or spell asset, it gets minus three fight. So if I attack it with Shriveling, Shrivel, Shrivel, it'll just be gone. And then I could maybe play Zebulon as my last action. Not made a lot of progress, but until I get a Lockpicks or a Drawn to the Flame, getting any clues is going to be a bit tricky. So I think what I'm going to do is pay one and get Moxie out. Now this is slightly risky, because if I take any horror from shriveling, the moxie goes. First action, I'll shrivel. I'm a 4v2, and I'll spend one resource to be 5v2. Ooh, it's the Elder Sign. So that's two damage to the Avian Thrall, and I can draw one of these cards from underneath me. I could draw Narrow Escape, cancel an attack of opportunity, what I could do then is play Zebulon for my second action, cancel the Avian Thrall's attack, and then I'd be getting a boost from Zeb as well, and that would protect Moxie. I could draw Think on my feet or Elusive, but I like Painted Welding them, even though I don't have them in hand. Yeah, so I think I'm going to do that. Second action, I'll play Zebulon. I take an attack of opportunity, but I play Narrow Escape and cancel it, and I get plus two for my next attack. I'm down to five resources. So that takes me to a 4, 5, 6. And with Zebulon's plus 1, I'm a 7v2. Minus 2, dead avian thrall. And that's my three actions. Complete. At the end of the enemy phase, the brood moves to 1. 1 is the blasted heath. 
and the quickest way there is to move up to the hopyard. Upkeep draws me a perception, and I take a resource. I'm up to six, going up to seven. Second doom, and I draw Altered Beast. Revelation, if there's no abomination enemies in play, it surges when I can see one. Otherwise, choose an abomination enemy, heal all damage from that enemy, and attach Altered Beast to it. So the brood has altered. Forced, when you enter attached enemy's location, or vice versa, take one horror. Okay, it's back to me. I have this perception in hand, so I could just investigate repeatedly here, spending some money as well. I'm only on three actions, and I do need at least two clues. So yes, first action, commit perception, 4v2. Minus four. Second action, spend two with streetwise. 5v2. Skull, minus one, clue. And third action, I'm going to start heading towards the ruins. So do I go to the meadow or the glen? I may move over to the meadow. It's two shroud, another three clues, and it has a free trigger. You set a bait using a live animal. Each investigator in Ten Acre Meadow may place one of his or her clues on an abomination enemy in Ten Acre Meadow. So I need two clues to advance, but a third clue for that would be useful. And that's the end of the phase. Enemy phase at the end, the brood moves two. Wow, one again, the blasted heath. Upkeep, I draw a sneak attack. I go up to six resources, seven pending. We go to three doom, and I draw towering beasts. Peril, attached to a brood of Yogg-Sothoth enemy in play. If that enemy is at your location, take a damage. Well, it's not. It gets plus one fight and plus one health. Uh-oh. So this is now a three health, seven fight brood. Bit scary. Back to us. I'm tempted to take the hot streak out from underneath, play it to give me a big pool of money, and then investigate again here just to slowly build up. The reason I want to do that is it would be nice to paint hot streak again, Wow, that's the thing. I could get two more paints if I'm cunning with it. I have five cards in hand, so maybe I draw. First action draw. If I get a lockpick to get that down, that's a steady way of investigating. First action draw. It's an elusive. Second action draw. It's a Leo. Third action play Leo. Definitely no hesitation. It takes me down to two resources, but now I've got another action. And fourth action, well... I think, spend my last two resources to be 4v2, uh, 5v2. Skull, minus one. That's the two clues I need, if I can get to the ruins. The end of the enemy phase, the brood moves to three, which is Dunwich Village. Oh, it's drawing close, it's creeping up behind me. Upkeep draws me an unexpected courage. I adaptable that in. I go to one resource, Lone Wolf will get me to two. We go to four Doom of five, and I draw the creature's tracks. Peril, revelation. You must either choose one, take two horror, or spawn a set-aside brood of Yogg-Sothoth at a random location. Brood me! Here is brood two at location three, the village. Okay, wow. They are having fun there. I have a nice seven cards in hand. 
I've got Moxie down. I don't have a lot of resources, but I have got these guts. So I think first action I head into the ruins. I've been forgetting to read. It was as though a house launched by an avalanche had slid down through the tangled growths of the almost vertical slope. Three shroud, two clues. Each investigator in Waitley Ruins gets minus one willpower, which makes me a four. As a free action, you hurl a nearby canister of paint at the monster, an investigator in Waitley Ruins may place up to three of his or her clues on an abomination enemy in Waitley Ruins. Group limit once per game. So there was one at the Ten Acre Meadow, there's another three there, if I can get four clues. And I've got three on the powder. Feels nice. I'm going to spend my two clues in advance. Obtaining the formula. Check the campaign log. If Dr. Armitage survived the Dunwich legacy, well, he did. There, Armitage sighs a breath of relief, jotting down the last phrases of the formula. I have translated the last of it. He shudders as he hands you the script, the words conjuring forth memories of his battle with the creature. I hope this is the last time I'll have to read it, he admits. But if we do nothing, the end result will be much, much worse. Each investigator puts into play one set-aside esoteric formula. We advance to Act 2A. They must be destroyed. With the formula in hand, you finally have the means to destroy the creatures wreaking havoc in Dunwich, but only if you can survive long enough. Objective. Defeat as many Brood of Yogg-Sothoth enemies as you can. If there are no copies of Brood of Yogg-Sothoth in play or set aside, advance. The esoteric formula is a spell, Negotium Perambulans in Tenebris, which is something about business wandering in the shadows, perhaps, unless I'm translating that very uh, boringly. Action, fight. This Attack uses willpower instead of combat. You get plus two willpower for this attack for each clue on the attacked enemy. We can put one from Ten Acre Meadow and three from Waitley Ruins if we got them. Use this ability only on an abomination enemy. Okay, we have our means for fighting. We have two enemies in play. We've only spent a single action to move here. Here's a, th a thought. Take a resource, draw Hot Streak, play Hot Streak, and we're up to ten resources then and we see where these broods go. If one of them moves towards us, we can move in, evade, put a couple of clues on it from the powder of Ibn Ghazi, and maybe even take it down. That's one option. Second option is move up to the hop yard. Gives us a bit more time to think, to plan. We could see if there's another option for putting clues there, just to work out how many we can put on these enemies. Because there is that seven fight brood, the prime brood, with three health. So ideally, we want to step on for that brood and then just bam, 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 three shots kill. And working out how to make that happen is kind of tricky. I like the getting the hot streak out play. It means then that we start painting Ward of Protection or Think on Your Feet, which is no bad thing. And it just means that we're on this nice buffer of 10 resources with two coming in every turn from Lone Wolf. So I'm going to do that. Draw hot streak, take a resource and play hot streak. So I was on three, again ten, so it's a, a net of seven there. That takes us up to ten resources. That is the end of my turn. The prime brood moves to two. Two is the hopyard, so it heads back up to the blasted heath. Okay, now really anything apart from a one, two, or three for the little brood. 
It's a two as well. It heads up to the Blasted Heath. Damn. They're fleeing away from us. Upkeep draws me a recharge. And I go to 11 resources, 12 pending. We hit five doom. Calamity strikes. An old pickup truck rolls to a stop along the weathered trails of Dunwich. The driver, Joe Osborne, calls out to you through a shattered driver's side window, the truck's engine still running. It's over at the Eric's farm, he shouts. Done blasted their place apart. Poor Henry and Martha. You ask Osborne for the location of the Eric's homestead, and it confirms your worst fear. For that attack to have occurred recently, there must be more of the monsters on the loose. Shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. Spawn one of the set-aside brood of Yogg-Sothoth enemies at a random location, if able. And that location is... One. Whoa! The Blasted Heath as well! Brood party! Agenda 2A, biding its time. Well, for sure. Once in a while, a wind, sweeping up out of Cold Spring Glen, would bring a touch of ineffable feeter to the heavy night air. But the looked-for terror did not appear. Whatever was down in the glen was biding its time, and Armitage told his colleagues it would be suicidal to try to attack it in the dark. There's the same forced effect, the six doom here, and I draw, sworded and silent, which attaches to the weighty ruins. Attach it there. At the end of the round, each investigator there takes a horror, and when the agenda advances, it discards. Hmm... Pretty nasty. The Waitley Ruins has got horrid. That three shroud is is bad as well. I'm up at eight cards in hand. Do I peek into the hopyard and run the risk of three broods landing on me? Another option is I take two moves to Dunwich Village and pull a brood onto me, but then I'm going to get whacked. That's a silly idea. I could just head into the Ten Acre Meadow and start trying to grab these clues with my 12 resources. Sets me up a little bit nicer for the other clue moves. Is there a card I'd like to play this turn? Probably not. So I might be discarding a card, and it's probably going to be a sneak attack. First action, I'll move to the Cold Spring Glen. Information is power. It's two shroud and no clues. Each enemy in Cold Spring Glen gets minus one evade. As a reaction, after Cold Spring Glen is chosen as a random location... An investigator in Cold Spring Glen tests Agility 3. If successful, choose a different random location. Well, that's not helpful for me at the moment. I can move up to the Ten Acre Mendoz, so second action I'll do that. Third action I'll investigate, paying 2 on Streetwise. 5v2. It's a Skull, which is minus 3 now, but still gets me a clue. And fourth action... I'm going to do the same, down to eight resources, minus one. Okay, so that's two clues. That sets us up nicely for some of our traps. Now the fun time happens. Brood Prime moves to two, the Devil's Hopyard. The second brood moves to one, stays put. And the third brood moves to one. Stays put. Hmm. Hiding from me. Upkeep brings me a drawn to the flame and takes me up to nine, soon to be ten resources. We go to one of six doom and I draw towering beasts again. 
Attached to a brood of Yogg-Sothoth enemy in play. If that enemy is at your location, take a damage. Well, it isn't. Do I put this on the brood prime? We have one mega brood. Or do I spread it out and we have a couple that I need to deal with? I think I spread it out. So it's going on brood two. Because otherwise we've got an eight fight, four health brood that it's going to start to just be almost impossible to take apart. Although, if I evade it and dump all of the powder on the big brood. Hmm, tricky. No, I'll do that. I realise I forgot to discard at the end of last turn, but I'm going to discard the sneak attack, which I was going to discard anyway, so I'm at eight. So here's my thinking. I can move to the village, pull the weakest brood to me, brood three, and I still have two actions left and it has two health, and I've got two guts in hand, ten resources and moxie. So I just pile the attack into it try and kill it off this turn. If the next brood moves to me at the end of the turn, I evade it and put a bit of the powder on it, and that's another brood to kill as well. So I think that's what I'm going to do. First action, move to Dunwich Village. Second action, ring the bell and the brood moves to us. Third action, I'm a four uh, willpower. Zebulon makes me a five, so I'm a five B6. If I commit this Guts, I'm a 7v6, and I'll pay two resources with Moxie to be a 9v6. Cultist, reveal another token. Minus two, damage on the Brood. And I get a card from Guts, it's Professor Warren Rice. Final fourth action. I'll commit Guts again, 7v6. I'll commit Warren Rice, 8v6, and I'll spend one resource with Moxie, 9v6. Skull, minus three. Dead brood, number three. Boom! Oh, that feels good. The nice thing is I have this drawn to the flame in hand. And there are two clues at Dunwich Village, so potentially next turn I could get those clues. And that sets us up with the four clues that we know we can spend on the map. But the Brood Prime moves in the enemy phase to two, stays put. And the second Brood moves to three, Dunwich Village. Hello. Now this one does have a towering beast attached to it. So it is a seven fight, and it has three health. Upkeep brings me a second drawn to the flame, and I go up to eight resources, soon to be nine. Two doom, and we draw an avian thrall. <laughs> Just to keep us busy, what to do? I can shrivel the avian thrall. I've got two charges left. Get rid of it. Third action, I could evade the brood. And I could put some of the powder on it. And then I have a, a, an option left. Either to take a shot at the brood or do something else. I think shriveling the avian thrall is the way to go to start with. First action shrivel. 5v2. Nothing I want to boost with. Minus two, two damage. Second action, shrivel. Five v two. Uh, yep. 
zero, fried thrall. Third action evade, 4v3. I'll spend two with streetwise to be 7v3. Skull, minus two, evaded. Now how much of the powder do I put on this brood? If I put one on, I'm essentially a 77 fighting it. And I do have an unexpected courage and moxie resources. If it moves to the 10 acre meadow, I then spring over there and put another clue on it. And that sets me up nicely. I'm getting a plus four earn fighting it. Or I put two clues on now. Because I've got three clues here. Potential for three at the Waitley Ruins and potential for so seven in total. I almost certainly want to put three on the Brood Prime. Although no, the Brood Prime is the same as this Brood. That decides it for me. I'm putting two on this Brood. And that means I'd be a 9v7 attacking now. And I could chuck in this Unexpected Courage to be an 11v7. Sounds like a plan. Minus one. Take a damage. Brood two. It's quite a lot to track. Two different broods, big numbers. Yeah, keeping track of it is hard. Enemy phase. The brood prime moves to two. Stays put again. And the second brood moves to one. Moves up to the blasted heath. Now this is a, a thing that I love about this scenario. That the broods move irrespective of exhaustion or anything else. It's not hunting. They just, they're creepy. They just move around. Upkeep brings me a Painted World. Nice. And I go back to eight resources, soon to be nine. Three Doom. I draw Eager for Death. Test Willpower 2. I've taken absolutely no horror, so it's no higher than that. So I'm a 5v2. Do I commit anything? No, not at the moment. Elder sign. Okay, eager for death goes. I'm going to keep water protection under there. I think I'm going to keep think on your feet under there. No, I have an elusive in hand. I'm going to take think on your feet. And also, I've just passed a willpower test on a treachery card, so I can exhaust Zeb and draw another card. It's a quantum flux. So I now I have nine cards in hand, which is terrific. Here's what I'm thinking: drawn to the flame to get these two clues. Move up to the brood in the Blasted Heath. Take a couple of shots at the brood and hopefully kill it. If I need to elusive away, I have elusive. I can also paint an elusive if I need to do that. And I've got lots of options in hand. The one thing I won't have done is try to recharge my shriveling. That's just the risk I have to take. So first action, drawn to the flame. I draw Towering Beasts. And I play Painted World take a horror, which goes on Zeb, and paint Ward of Protection for one resource, cancelling that. No effing way. Two clues, we're up to four. Ah, now the Blasted Heath can do damage, but I don't know because I've not been up there. So another option would be to pull this brood back to me using the bell, and then I wouldn't even need to use Elusive if I didn't, if I didn't want to. I'm going to do that. Second action, pull ring the bell and moving the brood to Dunch Village, where it engages me because it is massive. Third action, attack. I'm a five, 
Seven, nine against seven. I'll spend two resources with Moxie. No, will I? I'll spend one resource with Moxie to be ten against seven. Minus four. Oh, it's a miss. I can take a hit from this brood. I'm going to go again at three up. Minus one. This brood has one health left. Now's the choice. Do I take the hit or do I elusive away? The hit would put a damage on me, two horror on Leo and Zeb, and a damage on Leo. I stay and take that hit. I save the elusive for when I need the movement. So enemy phase. Horror on Zeb. Horror and damage on Leo. Damage on me. That means I've not put any horror on me, so Moxie's still in play. The Brood Prime moves to six. Cold Spring Glen. So it moves down to the Waitley Ruins. And the second Brood, Bleeding, moves to one, the Blasted Heath. Okay, great. I can pull it back if I need to. I draw the Stars of Hyades. I've got Ward of Protection and Elusive underneath me. And it's the Ward of Protection that is destroyed. And I have way more than five cards left in my deck, so stars get shuffled back in. I do have that Flux in hand. Fluxing to shuffle back in the Guts, the Drawn to the Flame. Diluting my deck a bit might be nice, because I've not seen any lockpicks yet, which are intellect icons. I've not seen the second Leo yet, that's an intellect icon. I don't, I don't want to see any intellect icons now. And I didn't take my resources. I'm up to seven, one to come. We got four Doom, and I draw Ruin and Destruction. Revelation, if there are no investigators at the same location as a brood, Ruin and Destruction gains Surge. Well, that is the case. Surges into a Lupine Thrall, which spawns at the location farthest from me. It preys on the lowest agility, which is me, and it hunts and retaliates. Four fight, three evade, four, uh, three health, four evade. What manner of wolf has that many teeth? Now, the Waitley Ruins is two locations away, as is the Devil's Hopyard. Here is where we have a choice. Depending on what play I want to pull out in the next investigation phase determines where I put the thrall. If I put it in the Hopyard, I could pull the weakened... Brood 2, who's currently in the Blasted Heath, down to Dunwich Village, finish it off with the Esoteric Formula, and it still have a couple of actions spare, and stay in the lower portion of the map. But another option is to pull the other Brood, the Brood Prime, to Ten Acre Meadow, and that way I could move in there, use the ability there to put a clue on it, probably evade it as well and put the last powder clue on it as well, or even I could just sprint over to Waitley Ruins now, move, move, put all three on the brood there, take two shots at it and elusive away. That feels kind of nice too. It is there and I'm nearby. Although I take a horror from Altered Beast on that brood and a horror from Sordid and Silent. So maybe what I do is I put the Lupine Thrall there and I go up to Blasted Heath this turn and see what's up there. I'm sort of talking myself into that. It seems like too much horror 
with that the brood prime and sword of the silent even though it's there as a target so the lupine thrall goes on waitly ruins first action i move into the blasted heath the summits are too rounded and symmetrical to give a sense of comfort and naturalness and sometimes the sky silhouettes with especial clearness the queer circles of tall stone pillars with which most of them are crowned four shroud three clues the ground here is loose and barely supports your weight as a free trigger you lure the beast into a patch of sand investigators in blasted heath may as a group place up to two of their clues on an abomination enemy in blasted heath group limit once per game wow well i'm currently a four five six seven eight nine against seven and i'd need another two clues to trigger that so i do have a draw to the flame in hand which would allow me to do that so if i spend two on moxie here I'm an 11 against 7 to kill the second brood, and I've got two actions left. I'm going to try that. Skull, minus 2, dead, brood, 2. And its towering beasts gets discarded. Now we're going to have to deal with this lupine thrall at some point. So third action, I'm going to play recharge on my shriveling. Minus three, perfect. All that matters is not getting a symbol, which feels really nice. So that's three more charges on shriveling. And I have a last action. It's probably not worth playing Drawn to the Flame here, but it maybe is worth playing Quantum Flux. And I've got it right, where I've played the recharge first rather than the flux. Yes. Pay one, remove flux from the game. Shuffle all those goodies back in, diluting Hyades. So remove from the game at the moment is flux, water protection of two painted worlds. I'm probably not going to paint that elusive underneath me, it's just Hyades protection. But if I can draw into another Guts, that would be great. We still don't know what option we have at the Devil's Hopyard. There are options. Starting to run a little bit low on resources, down to five. Definitely got to be a bit cautious. Moxie can really sort of take its toll. The card I draw is it's Dr. Henry Armitage. Two wild icons. Can't complain about that. That's the end of my turn. The Lupine Thrall hunts to the hopyard. It's one space away from me. And Brood Prime. Ooh, it's a wand, which is the Blasted Heath. So it also moves up to the hopyard. The lads hanging out. I wonder if there's a cunning play here to do with moving to the village, pulling the brood to the blasted heath, moving back and dumping clues on it. Probably would involve elusive. Upkeep draws me. Uncage the soul. Again, it's not so useful now, but it is another two wild icons. I go up to six resources, seven in a moment, and we go to five doom, and I draw attracting attention surge revelation each brood in play moves once towards you uh yes please the brood prime moves to the blasted heath and because it has altered beast attached it gives me a horror 
which goes on Zeb so that my moxie stays around. And it surges into <laughs> a towering beast's peril. Revelation attached to a brood in play. If that enemy is at your location, well, it is. Take a damage. I'm up to two. Attached enemy gets plus one fight and plus one health. The brood prime has grown despite our best efforts and is now an eight, four, three. Well, its time has come. As a free trigger here, I lure the creatures into a patch of sand. I can place two of my clues on the brood, giving me plus four when I fight it. I am four, five with Zeb. Plus four is nine V eight, so I'm one up. First action, I'll commit Henry Armitage to be three up. Cultist, reveal another token. Zero, one damage. Second action, I'll commit Uncage the Soul. Recount, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine V eight, with Uncaged the Soul is 11 V8. Oh. Minus three. Yes. Third action. Spend two resources with Moxie to be three up. Plus one. Fourth and final action. Spend two more resources with Moxie. Cultist. <laughs> Skull. Minus one. Yes. The brood topples to the ground. That is the third brood of four. Slain. Two towering beasts and an altered beast go into the discard pile. I have no actions left. I'm about to be hit by the lupine thrall. But I think I spend two resources and elusive my way down to the Cold Spring Glen? Yes. Mm, no, maybe to Dunwich Village, because then it will move over to Blasted Heath and I can still have access to the Waitley Ruins. Oh, I'm down to one resource and two clues. I've got one clue on the powder and a chance for Ten Acre Meadow to put a clue and three at Waitley Ruins if I can manage it. Enemy phase, the Lupine Thrall hunts to the Blasted Heath. Upkeep, I draw a manual dexterity, and I go up to two resources, soon to be three, and we hit six doom. Shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. If there is a set-aside brood of Yogg-Sothoth, there is. Bleak storm clouds churn overhead, and a blanket of rain pelts the countryside. As the downpour grows in intensity, you take refuge in a half-ruined shack nearby back in the village. There is a flash of lightning, and in the brief illumination, you spot the outline of something large in the rain. Without warning, the distant trees bend, though nothing seems to be bending them. Moments later, a force with the strength of a truck crashes into your refuge. Spawn one of the set-aside brood of Yogg-Sothoth enemies at the lead investigator's location, if able. Well, we can. 
Then each investigator at that location tests agility four. The newly spawned brood of Yogg-Sothoth makes an attack against each investigator who fails this skill test. The final brood. Worth noting that Sordid and Silent has, lost, has left the Wakely Ruins. I'm four against four. Well, I have Think on my feet in hand. And I'm spawning an enemy at my location, and then each an, an investigator at that location tests agility four. So I could just think on my feet out and not even take this test. Or the alternative is commit manual dexterity and think on my feet to the test. And if I pass, I get a card. And then ideally I would evade the brood somehow, put the last powder in guards clue on, and it potentially could kill it in two shots, but I'm just so short on resources now. So that's unlikely to happen. So maybe I run and hide a little bit. Avoid the test. That leaves me the manual dexterity to kill the brood with. So yeah, I'll pay one, going down to one resource. Think on my feet to go down to Cold Spring Glen. And I don't have to take that test. And I don't risk being hit. Agenda 3A, Horrors Unleashed. There was no joke tracking down something as big as a house that one could not see, but that had all the vicious malevolence of a demon. Each abomination enemy gets plus one fight and plus one evade, so that includes the lupine thrall. Forced at the end of the enemy phase, the same movement. And I draw Ruin and Destruction, which surges into Rotting Remains. With Zeb in play, I'm a 5v3, nothing I want to do to boost. Minus one, pass. I've just passed a willpower test on an encounter card, so Zeb draws me a painted world. Well, that's going to be useful for the icons. And it's back to us. I have a Drawn to the Flame in hand. If I go to the Waitley Ruins, I could try and grab those two clues there, and that sets me up with potentially four clues to put on this brood. The other thing I desperately need is resources. I could draw a card first. There is a hot streak somewhere around. Ah, and I get my Lone Wolf resource. I'm up to two now. A couple of watch this wouldn't hurt. I think first I go to the Waitley Ruins and I play Drawn to the Flame. Towering Beasts. Okay, that brood has got harder. Should I have just moved in? Maybe. Okay, I get two clues. Third action, I draw. So lock picks. Fourth action, I take a resource. The Lupine Thrall hunts to the Hopyard. And the final brood moves to two, which is also the hopyard, so up to the blasted heath. Nowhere near where I need it to be. In upkeep, I draw a recharge. I go up to four resources with a fifth one coming. We place a doom, one of seven, and it's another towering beasts. Oh my goodness. That brood is now a nine fight with four health. I need all the clues I can manage to deal with it. Okay, is this the turn to go and try and deal with the Lupine Thrall? I'd be 5v5s fighting it, which isn't great. With the boost from Moxie, it's not the end of the world, though. I could even use my Recharge and my Painted World for this and hope to get enough clues on the Brood. I think I need to kill it sooner rather than later, so first action is moving into the hopyard. Still others try to explain the Devil's Hopyard, a bleak 
blasted hillside where no tree, shrub, or grass blade will grow. One shroud, two clues, as a free trigger, you lure the creature into the thick fog. An investigator in Devil's Hopyard may place up to two of his or her clues on an abomination enemy in Devil's Hopyard. Group limit once per game. The lupine thrall engages me. Second action, I shrivel. I'm a 5v5 because abomination enemies have gained fight. And I'll commit this painted world to be 7v5 and a resource for Moxie 8v5. Zero. Two damage. Shrivel again. Third action. 5v5. I'll commit this recharge. 7v5. 8v5 with Moxie. Skull. Minus one. The Lupine Thrall dies, but I take a horror. I really want to keep Zeb around. I want to keep Leo around. So that means the Moxie is destroyed. And last action... I take a single solitary resource because potentially the brood is moving in here. I can put two clues on it from this. I could evade it and put the powder on, which gives me a plus six. Let's see where the final brood moves. One stays put. Upkeep draws me a sneak attack. I go up to five resources. Sixth one coming. Two doom. Sorted and silent. Attach sorted and silent to your location. The end of the round, each investigator at the attached location takes horror, infuriating, and when the agenda advances, discard it. Well, that's infuriating because I kind of want to stay in the hopyard. In terms of places, I can do clues. Ten Acre Meadow, I can do one. Waitley Ruins, I can do three. And Hopyard, I can do two. So that's six in total, and I have four clues. I wonder if I investigate here, committing lockpicks and sneak attack to make me a 4v1 and get a single clue here. And then at least I can think about the eastern side of the map. I can do the double on the hopyard and the triple on Waitley Ruins. So that would be first action, those two. And then it's maybe a case of leaving and taking resources so that I don't take the horror. So 4v1. Skull, it's minus one. Second action, I head down to the ruins. Third action, I draw, it's a storm of spirits. And fourth action, I take a resource to take me up to seven. Come on, final brood. We want a two or a five. Five, yes! So it's heading to the Waitley ruins and the quickest way is through the hopyard. Into the hopyard it heads. Upkeep draws me. Stars of Hyades, which kills the elusive. And I'm shuffling stars back in now. I have no cards underneath Seth. And I take a resource, which takes me to eight, with one forthcoming to nine with my lone wolf. We go to three doom. And it's frozen in fear. Mmm. Okay. I could get a card out of it from Zeb. Let's think this through. Move in. Second action, evade. Pump a load of clues on it. And then I'd have a single action left because of Frozen in Fear to try and do one damage to it. And I would then take a horror. 
which I could take on myself. And then we just track it and try and do the last three hits, hoping that Frozen in Fear has gone. I think it's now or never, waiting to avoid that one horror. I've taken no horror on myself. I think I move in. So, double action to move in because of Frozen in Fear into the hopyard. I lure the creatures into the thick fog. Place two of my clues on an abomination. Third action, because I've spent two, is to try and evade this fellow. I'm a four, but this creature is also getting plus one evade from the agenda. So it is also a four. I'll commit manual dexterity to be a six, and I'll spend two with streetwise to be a nine v four. Skull, minus one. The brood is evaded and it draws me into a watch this. I place my last clue from the powder of Ibingazi onto the brood, which now means it has three clues. And I have a fourth and final action. Options are move away, so that I don't take a horror from Sword and Silent, or attack. I'm an 11v9 attacking. If I committed watch this and Storm of Spirits, I'd be in a good place. Yeah, let's do it. Final action attack. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Twelve with watch this with three resources on it. Thirteen with storm of spirits. It, however, is a six, seven, eight, nine. Thirteen v nine, four up. Come on. Minus four. My delight is tempered by the fact that I've succeeded by zero, so those three resources on Watch This are lost. But a damage goes on the Brood. At the end of my turn, I have to test Frozen in Fear. I'm a 5v3. Minus three, fail. In the enemy phase, the Brood moves. Five, down to the Waitley Ruins. And at the end of the round, I take a horror, which I take on myself. I draw Hot Streak, and I get a resource up to five, one to come. We go to four Doom. My encounter card is an Avian Thrall. Mmm. With only one charge on Shriveling, no less. Again, if I had but one more action, I'd be all right. So I can Shrivel, Esoteric, Esoteric, and I take another horror here. And I miss the chance of going for the brood down in the Waitley Ruins. A second option would be double action evade the thrall, move down to the ruins and chuck another three clues onto it, and then try and fight it or try and evade it. Hitting this point that it's on the ruins and we can get it up to six clues on it seems too good to miss. So evading the avian thrall, if I pay two with streetwise... That takes me up to 7v4. Minus one. Thrall evaded. That took two actions because of Frozen in Fear. Third action, move to the Waitley Ruins. The Brood engages me. As a free action, I place three of my clues on the Brood, because that's the three clues I have. And my final action... Do I esoteric this guy, or do I just evade? I think I esoteric. I'm a 5 plus 12 from it. 17 against 9.
plus one, 18 against nine, second damage. At the end of the turn, I have to test Frozen in Fear. Five on three. Minus two, pass, discard, Zebulon exhausts, it draws me into a lone wolf. Enemy phase, I take two damage on me. Ooh, in fact I won't. I'll take one damage on me and I'll put one damage and one horror on Zeb, because I'm getting such a boost there. And that means I take a second damage on me, so I'm on three damage and two horror. And at the end of the enemy phase, the final brood moves to five, it stays put. Upkeep draws me a narrow escape and gives me a couple of resources. Well, one resource up to five, and I'm going up to six shortly. And we go to five doom, and I draw eager for death. It's a willpower two test, but I've got three damage, so it's a willpower five test. But all it's going to do is give me horror. Ooh, I get minus one willpower for weighty ruins. That wouldn't have affected the last attack. But here it means I'm a three v five for two horror. That's still okay. Yeah, I'm a 3v5. Cultist. Plus one. So I take three horror. One for the cultist and two for the eager for death. First action, esoteric formula. I'm a three willpower plus 12 for six clues. It's 15 against nine. Skull, minus one, it's up to three damage. Do it again. Cultist, which turns into Skull. And the final brood collapses in a heap before me. I advance. As you complete the incantation, the foul creature cries out with a raucous, inhuman voice. It rumbles and cracks, the syllables of its croaking far from English. As its cry plays out, the creature shrinks upon itself, and then, with little warning, it is gone. All that remains is a foul stench and a repulsive mark that mars the vegetation where the beast once stood. R2. Well, four broods to kill. (laughs) I've never seen that many towering beasts on them. That was incredibly full-on, but the power of Hot Street, Moxie, Zebulon, there was little they could do against Sephina, the Master Mage, and that is a victory with 4 XP. So I've got one spare, I've got 5 XP, do I go for a cheat death, or do I think about something else? Not sure yet, and I hope you've enjoyed this. You can get in touch with us as Drawn to the Flame on Facebook, Drawn to the Flame on Twitter, And we're also drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. I hope you've enjoyed this. Happy Easter and catch you all soon.